When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. do we have here? It is good to see you again. You are returning to OK Talk, a Red Dragon production. Tonight on the program, the boys will be discussing a new paranormal television show. Also, you will be expecting to hear a curious sighting in Fort Worth, Cowtown. Clinton also will be discussing how he managed to get into an East Texas speakeasy. Oh, and there is that little thing about the largest conspiracy in politics, and possibly the nation. Good heavens, all of this and you paid how many of your dollars for entertainment? Exactly. Now go out of your way to do something about it. We'll pick up the show midstream, as one of our hosts talks about ghosts, with a co-worker. Enjoy. Of dead people. Yeah, people that you knew? Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. It's, uh, but, hey, every time you talk about it, nobody wants to listen to it. Right, I know. Isn't it funny that we work uh, at a place like this where it's supposed to be filled with the Holy Spirit, but people are... <laughs> But they don't understand it. Totally. I mean, if anything speaks of monsters and spirit, it would, be the, it would be the Bible, for sure. I mean, I, it's just their intelligence. But I've learned to uh, not ignore, but deal with it. Right. So is that a constant thing? All since I was about four years old. Really? What was the first? <laughs> what was the first? Uh, you're trying to get me into a commercial. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm just asking. Uh, the first. I hadn't talked about this in a long time. It was a entity for me. I've been on this planet before. I don't believe in reincarnation. I believe the Bible as it speaks, but I've been on this planet before, and uh, well, a part of me has, and uh, 
it, you know, it's, it gets deep. It gets deep. I can't say it right here, right no, here in man, the parking that's, lot. That's mm. the good thing about it, though. It's good to have it get deep. Where, who are you with? What? Uh, radio station. Oh, I'm not with the radio station. I'm just a contractor. Oh, you're just a contractor. I okay. mean, I work up here on Saturday nights just for the shit of with it. With who? Well, Salem Network. Okay. Network. With what station? No individual station, just that big like network overseeing the, all the 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 knock. You know, up there on the second floor, like none of these okay, radio stations. You're in, you're, you're in master control. Yeah, yeah. On Saturday night, that's my only gig here. The only other time you've seen me here is when I've come in to produce like a random show. Okay, okay. Well, I've never, I've not seen you before. Uh, your face looks a little familiar. Dude, what are you talking about? Your face looks a little familiar. You're, but... you're fucking with me right now, right? Dude, this is Clint. We talked about tripping oh, ass and okay. shit. Okay, okay, okay. Dude, dude, it's me. Well, <laughs> I was with hey, <laughs> let me be totally honest with you. My mom's in the hospital. She's had multiple strokes. Shit. I'm just a wee bit inebriated. I hear you. And no, yeah, I got you. Just hey, man. Okay, I got you. Are you okay. go, are you good though? I'm good. Like I don't I'm want good. them to know that I you are. Oh no 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 no. My sides been hurting. It don't hurt right now. I've, I'm dealing with my pain, others' pain. Here's and hey, man, I hear you. I hear you. I did want to tell you in our here's our missing four one one update. Mm-hmm. You got the books in. I did. I did. I had not yet heard back from David, so Shannon reached out to him for us. Now, how did you contact him previously? Just, Just email? email from their website. Yeah. Shannon has had him on mm-hmm. at least once. Mm-hmm. And they communicate via the Facebook, so. Yeah. He is at least aware. It's not like the email got stuck somewhere. Yeah. So. What did she say? She was also talking to him about the Tahoe thing that we were talking about the last time I was in here. Oh, yeah. And it seemed like he was uh, interested in hearing that. So I was like, well, that's cool. You know, I'm not trying to have him on so I can tell him my weird story. Mm -hmm. But. Anyway. Also, also, he can go back and listen to it for himself. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. You just just give him the link. <laughs> but anyway, so I got to tell you something that happened last weekend that this is a example of what paying attention to all these missing people cases has done to me. So last Sunday, I am out in Fort Worth and doing some volunteer work. Uh-huh. And one of the things that we do is we uh, clean up some shoddy area parks and what such. And I'm out there with a couple other people. This area, I can't, I don't know the areas of Fort Worth very well, so I can't the, specifically say, but this one. North, south. Where's the bad part? 
of maybe anywhere. Maybe anywhere? Yeah. We're in a bad part of Fort Worth, just okay. a lower income neighborhood. Maybe east. And we're at this, there's this park where there's like a little softball field and then like a little jungle gym or whatever for kids. And there's a lot of people out there. Quick side note, if Jesus loves the environment, he has to hate Easter because the amount of plastic Easter eggs that were still all over the place. This is just a week ago. Yeah. My Lord. That was like mainly the trash we cleaned up was Easter eggs. Were you finding anything good in there? We found one starburst. (laughs) And it's like these kids, like they're picking up the Easter egg and then cracking them open and And then then just dropping them. Dropping it. Yeah, probably. Little jerks. (laughs) (laughs) So many. Oh my gosh. But anyway, so we're at this park and- there's a lot of families out, some little kids, and I mean, I'm witnessing little kids. Some people like will just the little kid is just like running around barely under any kind of supervision, and yeah. I'm like watching this one family, and this kid is like climbing on this wall. There's maybe six or seven feet up, and the all the kid had to do is take like one step, and it falls, and there's like a rocky outcrop underneath him. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, oh, can't understand why you would let your kid do that. But as I walk towards the creek, I see something down in the water. And I see a kid laying in the water. I'm like, what the hell, you know? And I... Like face face up, face down, or just you can't tell? Yeah, face up, facing away from me. Okay. And I'm... This all happens bang, bang, you know? I'm like, there's a kid laying in the creek, not moving. Yeah. And I quicken my pace by a couple of steps, and then I realize that I'm looking at one of these, like, five-foot Anna and Elsa dolls Uh. that is down in the water, (laughs) one arm. (laughs) But so I brought the people that were you know out there with us i was like just walk towards the water over there and the old this older guy that works there he jumped back like four feet when he saw it <laughs> what the- like not good i mean i immediately take it to oh there's a dead kid in the water yeah. <laughs> it's gotta be a missing child returned in the water face up floating <laughs> clothes oh <sighs> Too many missing persons cases. <laughs> Too many. Well, I mean, what I mean, what would you think in, in that situation? Like, obviously, like it looks like a body. Yeah. 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 I mean, and kids running around unsupervised. I mean, I'd probably think the same thing. It was two and two, but yeah. it, it disturbed me for a while. Not fair. Not fair. Hello, welcome back to another episode of OK Talk. We finally were able to get Matt and Clinton in front of a microphone. That is about as difficult as finding a Yeti in the city. Let alone the forest. I kid. But seriously folks. I'm Bigfoot. The one Bigfoot that Collar said died in the 1800s. What a joke! I decided I would take a chance at being caught to help get this show on track. Even though it is very dangerous for me to... 
fish shot that Bigfoot. We're looking down this hill trying to figure out what the hell is going on. All of a sudden, hell, you can see it plain as day are loading a big body up on the tarp on the trailer. Them dirty bastards killed our Bigfoot. There's a new team of paranormal investigators here to answer two questions about ghost hunting. Are ghosts for real? And why is everybody white? Oh my God. Well, if you are here, please reveal yourself. I'm Dalen, the leader of the group. We're three best friends who all had paranormal experiences as kids. Now that we're grown, we're not afraid to look for answers. Bro, I can see why they say black folks don't do this stuff. It's hot, man. Yo, this is not no magic mic, dog. I'm Juwan, and I'm a ghost brother. Are you okay with us working together as equals? We know what happens in every horror movie when the brother's by himself. My name is Marcus, and I'm a ghost brother. Time to pop the trunk on these ghosts. You all right? It's just wires and cobwebs, homie. You are not welcomed on this property. Our mission is to hit the most haunted locations in America to prove that ghosts are for real. Swan! We are the Ghost Brothers. It's time for our journey to begin. Yeah. Looking good? Yeah, it's weird, just like that microphone always yours. It's a little tiny. Seems like it's not as bounce as mine. No, it's definitely like the um, the range on it is not quite as as deep. As depth. Yeah. Depth. So yeah, it's been a hot minute since we've been in here. Mm-hmm. Together. Since before you wrestled. <laughs> yeah, that, that was all... That went well. I'm really, can I just say, I'm really happy with the response we got from the, the wrestling episode. Yeah, man. A lot of hidden wrestling fans out there. I know you're out there. We see you. <laughs> we see you. Lurking in the corner with a chair. Uh, but that was fun. WrestleMania was fun. That whole weekend, uh, just full of wrestling nonsense, was a good time. Yeah. Caught up with Griffin out there. Oh, you did? Yeah, yeah. He actually got a pretty prime parking spot. Uh, parking was outrageous. Like y'all didn't do the Sonic parking. Sonic lot? wasn't wasn't pulling their bit because everybody was charging like sixty bucks. Well, the stadium parking was sixty bucks, and then you would have places like like the Jack in the Box across the street, which was charging a hundred dollars to park in their lot. And we found a lot down Randall Mill that was charging thirty. It was like a not a church parking lot, but like a strip mall parking lot. So we set up in there, and then Griffin Park just laid down the money for a for a uh, an actual parking lot at the stadium. So he had his tent set up and had a cooler out there and everything. So we walked over and met up with him and a couple of other friends that had parked in an adjacent lot. Met up with him, so we had sort of a tailgate thing going on before the show. It doesn't surprise me, which was which was pretty good. Yeah, no, I think uh, blue parking for the Cowboys is like eighty dollars. It's crazy. And then I was over there for opening day in the Rangers Stadium, which is right there across the street. Yeah. And I went over there with my dad. Opening day is the only day that it's like that for the Rangers where people go out there first thing in the morning and start boozing immediately for like a three o'clock first pitch. 
there's all those little businesses or whatever, those little shopping centers, and somebody had a sign that was like $80 to park there, and I thought my dad was going to like drive off the road. He, he just, <laughs> just couldn't handle it? No. It's, it's, it's insane. I mean, I felt really happy. A 30 was the cheapest that we saw anywhere, so I felt real... And it was a decent lot. You know, it was about a 10-minute walk to the stadium, but other than that, it was... Did y'all get stuck in right. line? Did y'all have any of those issues? No, uh, because we jumped a barrier to, to, to do it. We could have very Excellent. easily done it. It was very poor. Uh, man. Apparently, so apparently there was some sort of Wi-Fi issue, and they were using, like, phones to scan the things, so they couldn't get a lot of people's tickets scanned. And we had paper tickets, so they were able to do it the old-fashioned way. But uh, for everybody who had, like, an e-ticket... They were basically stuck there. And on top of that, they weren't telling people you were sort of funneled into one or two entrances. And there were no clear indication until you got right up to the door where that was. So there were just people standing in the in the parking lot not knowing where to go. So we jumped over a couple of those little metal, you know, metal like waist high barriers and just jumped and just found our way to the front of the line and got in. But I went up to the restroom right before the show started. I don't know, about 20 minutes before the show actually started, and it was just packed. Well, you've been in in the stadium, right? Oh, yes. So there's that kind of open, like on ground level, basically. Yeah, the concourse where yeah. they do the uh, party pass. Yeah, that area was just shoulder to shoulder. I mean, it had to have been 10,000 people just in that one little area trying to get from a, a stairway to a bathroom. It was insane. People were so mad. But I think once they got that handled... Things were all right. Show was good. Had a good time. Did you get to do any like behind the scenes stuff with your press pass? Not really. It wasn't even really a press pass. What they gave us was um, a because I couldn't I couldn't get the press pass. But I said, uh, "Hey, is there any way we can just go to the show and quote unquote cover the show? You know that old bit. <laughs> like hey, I'm going to get audio at the show, which my phone died, so I didn't get any audio. But uh, they said, "Well, well, we'll set you up with a." couple of tickets. So they had a section blocked off for like corporate giveaways and things like that, which is actually kind of cool because we ended up sitting near the Make-A-Wish kids and everybody there was super into it, you know, and like the they were just happy to be there. And so that was kind of a real interesting dynamic. Was there a Make-A-Wish kid who's like Make-A-Wish was for mankind to throw him <laughs> off the top of a cage? Mankind was there, but uh, I no, saw. Was, yeah. But uh no, they were all just they were super into the show and one of the uh one of the moms down there was showing us pictures of I you know because they they go big the WWE does with with these kids. So they they have events like every day. And so she was showing pictures of all all the people that they'd met and everything. So it was a lot of fun. Had a good time with all that. Speaking of performances, you know, last weekend I had to to tap out because of my cough. Mm-hmm. Sunday I was feeling a little bit better, and so we took advantage of a two for one coupon at Medieval Times, and went to the dinner and tournament at Medieval Times. I don't know when the last time you've been there, or if two thousand and eight. It's pretty. It had a, had a good time. It's a lot of fun. I hadn't been since I was little, and Megan had never been. There's a guy that worked at KLIF way like before I was even on the morning show and I was still doing weekends and what such that was the his other gig was that he was the king 
Oh, really? At medieval times. Well, let me just say his name was Darren, and he had a ponytail. I remember him. Mm-hmm. No, I remember him. He he worked like I, I don't think he lady. was like yeah. I don't think he was the main king, but he was like alternate one like or alternate in, two or whatever. In. Well, I don't know who it was the night we went, but if I could just use this platform for a second and say to the king at medieval times in Dallas, get your shit together, because he was not. He was not into it at all. Yeah, yeah, whatever. He was very, he didn't even do an accent. No? No, he was terrible. So, you know, I know the uh, the people that run the um, Scarborough Fair, uh-huh. just working relationship with them. And every year I get the email about if you want to audition to be at Medieval Times, Scarborough Fair, excuse me, that you can go out there and. It's like a three-month gig. Our buddy Denver that works over at House of Blues, I'm always like, he's huge and looks like, he looks like Robert Baratheon. You're right, yeah. So I always tell him, you know, you'd be perfect. Go out <laughs> there, you know. Then, of course, then I get, they when they start, and I get emails from them every week about what different things they're doing at Scarborough Fair. Have you ever been? Mm-hmm. Scarborough Fair? <laughs> we went last year, and I used to go a lot, but uh, I we hadn't gone in a long time. But we went we went last year. We're planning on going again this year. There's a King of the Hill episode where Hank is asked to provide propane <laughs> for the Scarborough Fair, and the guy that is the king of Scarborough Fair in that episode is uh, Professor Snape, Alan Rickman. Yeah, the yeah. Past Peggy wants to be. She wants to get a gig out there, and and she's like, oh, you know, I'll do this or I'll do that. And he's like, the only jobs that they have out there for females are winches. (laughs) And she's like, which one is the highest ranking winch? (laughs) They basically just have her sitting there beating a rug. Yeah. She starts to talk to the people that are coming through. In olden times, this is now what we would use a vacuum cleaner, and they're like, what speak ye of vacuum cleaner? <laughs> you know, she's out of character. So then they put her in like a, put her in the shackles and throw tomatoes at her. Cause she just gets out of character for one second. That's yeah. the way that I envision it. Could you have a conversation with someone at Scarborough Fair who's supposed to be in character? Would they hold steady? You hold your phone up to them and they're terrified of what the phone will do. Like a soul stealing machine. I, f- I feel like they sort of have, like they, they seem to be cool with all that stuff because we'd certainly walked around and talked to a couple of people that were out there and they were just sort of whatever about it all they weren't putting people no they weren't putting people in in the barracks no i did wonder if the people from medieval times go down to scarborough fair and try to run shit like the king comes down and tries to rumble or whatever like that i remember when i was little and i went i mean the king was like you know big fat guy with a beard and this dude I'm sure he, he looked like he was, I don't know, 28 or something like that. He just was not having it. No. Oh, what saith you? Yeah. Was he just really passe about it or yeah. he just wasn't in character? I guess. Or I don't know if that was supposed to be his character. He was just hung over from all the mead and yeah. cocaine from the yeah. night before. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but one thing I would ask Darren about the guys that actually like play night which, I mean, you have to be somewhat of an athlete to do. Well, I mean, they're riding horses, and they've got the... The joust and everything. Yeah. But he told me that one of the guys that was like the Black Knight or whatever, he was like, dude, I can't even be in the same room with that guy. He doesn't stop. He's always the Black Knight. <laughs> <laughs> Meaning that, like, every meeting they have, he's, like, in there, and he'll just start busting out sword moves yeah, when they're like, just like, the sit side. down, Johnny. <laughs> yeah, it's a good time, though. No, they do they do it right there. It's expensive. 
It's very expensive. Just like anything else right um, here. We had the two for one, so we went the VIP route, which was cheaper than if we had just bought two general admission tickets. Yeah. That was all right. Man, the drinks are expensive. Mm-hmm. The food is meh. You're not allowed to get a... You can't have, like, utensils or anything there. You have to eat with your hands. Yeah. I, I, I liked it all right. It's fun. Yeah. It is. It's a good time. It would be a it's lot a, of fun to do, like, a party group kind of thing. Yeah. I would think especially just get crazy in there. Yeah. Because they will let you get crazy. Oh, they, Like, I, I think mean, you can even throw stuff out onto the arena floor. Megan says no, but I think you can eat a chicken and then throw a bone across <laughs> throw the room. A bone. I don't know. I don't. I don't know. The guy that was next to us, he had his kids there, and he was probably, I don't know, forty in his forties, maybe like late thirties, forties. He had never been, and he was into it. I want to say our night was the red night, and he was in that show. He was like the runner-up, basically. Like he fought in the final fight, and the the other night got him. And when he when he went down, like the guy turned to us and was like, "That was clean. That was a clean one. It was a, it was a clean kill." Oh gosh! It's like, oh man, he was he was way into it. It was great. <laughs> it was awesome. I I encourage anyone if there's a medieval times near you and you haven't been, go at least once. Go ye to medieval yeah. times and just get into it. But it's very much a. a I, I was. I forgot how much of like a wrestling show it is because it's very it's all it's all that stuff. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. cheer and boo and, and yes. all, that, all that. Tons stuff. of hissing. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I was telling you last night that you needed to get with it. Why don't you have Destination America any longer? What's I, the deal? You're like the second <clears throat> person that's told me that they don't have it any. Anymore. It was just I, I went for a um, a certain cable package bundle and. At least for UVerse, it's in the upper tier, and uh, I didn't. I would love to have that channel because they were running some things that I wanted to to see, and I realized I didn't have it anymore. That's probably the only channel of that of that tier that I would ever watch. So I kind of decided not to <laughs> not to add the extra know, thirty bucks a month or whatever. So you know, in the uh, Screenless Sasquatch Volume Three, we play the. Uh, the segment from the Musers mm-hmm. where Jub is introducing mountain monsters to the crew and they start talking about Destination America. I was all about mountain monsters for a hot minute. Well, yeah, you're the one that sent me the lizard demon right, video. Exactly. That was like a, a full year ago. You just sent me like a short clip. I'll tell you what you're looking at here. It's a lizard, it's a lizard demon. demon. <laughs> <laughs> there was, I mean, there was a moment in that show where it was probably the first episode and a half, maybe, watching that show that I thought that these guys were being genuine. I don't think that anymore. Um, but I thought genuine in the, in the same sense as, like, Finding Bigfoot is. Like, they're actually, you know, out there, quote-unquote, trying to find something. And once you watch a couple of those episodes, you realize, oh, there's a formula to this. And they kind of do the same thing every every single time. And it just seems to be a bunch of gags. But... There was a minute there when I was I was like, yes, this is the show that I have needed to see. These guys, this giant dude who's the rookie of the team, and Jeff with his stupid hat and his white beard, and they have so many team members. Wild Bill. Well, first of all, Giorgio mentions that he wants to be there when somebody shoots another one. 
they ain't using real guns, but no, there's no way yeah. that that network would allow for them to just randomly be firing. Yeah. Because they all will just start shooting like over each other's shoulders. It's not real. No, that's that's and that's you know listening to that, I was like, oh, that's that's the sad part is none of that. It was all none of that is as real as as some of those other shows are. Even if whatever it is they're doing is ridiculous. Never did I imagine that my search to prove that Bigfoot was in the Appalachian Mountains would lead us to something like this. <laughs> Just the, the fire woman. <laughs> no. Well, so in that episode, though, they like run down the list of shows that Destination America has on mm-hmm. their schedule. And they're like, you know, Ghost Asylum and uh, Paranormal Lockdown, which is Nick Groff from Ghost Adventures has left the show. Oh, right, right. And then he, and he's I gone saw, on I saw that he got a he got a TV deal and a book deal because I saw like 10 copies of his book at half price <laughs> the other day. Like, he had like a whole shelf of him on the jacket. But um, and then they mentioned Ghost Brothers. So last night I'm just sitting at the house. I was going through the Twitter feed or whatever, and I see from Destination America posts this picture that's like five minutes until the series premiere of ghost brothers and there's three black guys on there and i'm like holy crap they really meant brothers yeah because i was thinking it's two it's two brothers like two actual you know yeah blood my name is johnny and this is my twin brother ricky yeah and we've been out looking for ghosts our entire lives right and now we're trying to bring our yeah but no they mean brothers actual brothers (laughs) now so isn't it what i realized when i was watching this show is that if you put that show next to Mountain Monsters and watch it, it's like two stereotypes. Uh-huh. Now, Ghost Brothers, they don't trick it up to where they're just like totally black stereotyping it. It's not like black people react to magic type but stuff going on. there is some, because I immediately think of Saturday Night Live and we're playing that bit earlier yeah. where they're like, and our resident skeptic, Rhonda Banks. <laughs> And it's the black lady, and she's just like, oh, no, how are you going to ask a spirit to show himself? Yeah. She's you know? like, I'm out. Yeah. or And and that's just immediately what I thought of when I saw the picture, and we're watching it. And, and right at the very beginning, we've been interested in the paranormal all our lives. But the one thing is that, like, why is everybody white? I did watch the first. They, they posted the first two minutes <coughs> on YouTube. Is that all that's on there? And they Yeah. And the first thing they do is meet them in a, in a barber shop. That's, yeah. the, that's the first. That's where they have their their pre. Yo, this right here, meeting. it's got it all. <laughs> While there's a guy there getting a shave. Yeah, see, I was having a hard time thinking that that was a real person. It looked like <laughs> to me like it was a dummy, like that you would practice on. It could have been. But there's a high level of hilarity in that there's like a shorter, bigger guy who's wearing a. In the first episode, he's wearing a red T-shirt that in just giant white letters says never sold dope, which I really like. <laughs> he was kind of the comedic foil where he's sitting in front of their specter meter or whatever it is that's sitting on a table. And, they're, and he's like, yo, I can see why black people aren't into this. He's walking around the plantation and he's saying that he's just like, man. <sighs> He's like, man, (laughs) brothers weren't meant to be on plantations back at slave times or now. (laughs) I ain't walking around these grounds today. But the people that are interacting with them are white. Yeah. And so it's that really hilarious 
Norm Donovan thing where it's an older white guy trying to connect with a younger black guy. So they inadvertently start using words like dog with them. (laughs) (laughs) So do you get the sense that, I mean, obviously they're playing up certain aspects of of that, but do you get the sense that they were, they are genuinely trying to investigate this, this plantation or is this, is this of the mountain monsters ilk where they're just sort of putting on a show? It's so hard with some of these ghost shows. Well, I think I I think the ghost show. I think it's really easy to investigate a haunted location because these places are haunted. They turn the lights off and put these people in there, and then they record them. Right, exactly. And you know, a lot of people that are into Bigfoot of the woods don't believe in ghosts, and vice versa, or whatever. But, like, I would think that you would have more of a chance of just something randomly happening if you took these people and put them in the Stanley Hotel, you know, and have them roll tape and see if, you know, voices come through on an EVP or whatever. Then hillbillies in the woods that are like, we got to report that there's a three-eyed raven man human beast that blows fire out of his ass at people yeah obviously i feel like that show's full of shit i mean the one that i was watching last night was the one that they were playing the audio from where they go to a shaman and like all paint their faces like indians and they're like in a teepee yeah i mean the only thing that's missing is ayahuasca where which would be awesome if somehow they just got them all tripping balls out in the woods but Here's what we need to do, Jethro. We need to get reconnect with our Native American roots. I I very remember remember very specifically one moment where I was sort of tapping out on that show, which was they found they were searching for like a werewolf or something like that, and they just found this rock out out in the in the woods, and they said, "Oh, this is his howling rock. This he gets up here and he howls at night." And they 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 have they set up a camera or they're or they're searching around it at, at night, and they think they catch video of the of the werewolf on the howling rock. Obviously it's easier to quote unquote fake one of these ghost shows. Cause really like the only, the only thing you need is to put people in a room and turn the lights out and just have them scare each other. But I'm wondering if, if they seem to be coming at it from they're actually interested in this stuff and what happens happens, or if they're from the outset just saying, let's just have this show where the, the hook is it's three black guys and, and we're going to play off that the entire time. I bet you if we pushed, we could probably get one of them on because yeah. Destination America is probably pumping the show pretty hard. Yeah. It's not a bad idea because, again, something that's never been done before and there's a really high interest in paranormal shows. So it's not a bad idea yeah, by no. any means, especially if it was as hilarious as Rhonda Banks, you know, <laughs> and one of them runs and locks himself in the van like, no, nah. <laughs> no. Nah. What keeps making that noise? So did anything crazy happen in the in the first episode? Um, That's one thing that a, a show like Ghost Adventures will do is like every fifteenth episode, something is like, "Well, that's that's kind of interesting." Like what what happened there? That's that's actually kind of interesting. So I don't know. I was just looking to see what was online. There's, I think they got audio. Yeah, and they're not alone in the gin room, which is like the, where the cotton gin was. Okay. I don't know. It's <laughs> I didn't watch it that hard and I didn't watch it for that reason. Yeah. I was 
mainly I was playing it for Marisha last night, and she was just like, wait a minute, this is a real show? Like, she thought when I started playing it that it was a Saturday Night Live bit. Because it starts out, the, the first shot of the open is a U.S. Highway 666 Yeah, song, yeah. Which I thought was really, for obvious reasons, the Highway 666 thing. Yeah. Talking about recently. But um, she really didn't think I was being serious. <laughs> I mean, it... Cause <laughs> How long did it take her to realize that it was an actual show? I don't know that if she ever ended up getting <laughs> that it was an actual show, actually. It's pretty funny. So they've definitely covered both areas of the spectrum, you know. Mm-hmm. the Don't you think that if you were black and you were interested in this stuff, wouldn't watching Mountain Monsters satisfy all of your, look at these crazy white people, these hillbillies up oh, in the woods? Yeah. Yeah. Like stereotype because they are they are 100% that. That's that's the one thing that I well now I don't even, I don't even know that. I was going to say that's the one thing that I do believe about that show is that those people are more or less who they portray. But I feel like one or two of them are actual actors. You think so? I think so. Um but I don't know. Wild Bill I feel like that guy's probably probably who he portrays on television. Is, is he the one that needs subtitles? He's yeah, he's the one that goes like that all the time. Does the little okay sign and says oorah and <laughs> my gosh. <laughs> that was one of my favorite things about listening to that segment on the ticket is hearing talk about like someone who's just not interested in it at all to be thrown into listen to audio from this show yeah and then just their reaction of just like disbelief and amazement yeah that something like that would be on tv and i mean we live in a time when the walking dead is the highest rated tv show yeah people are obviously into this i don't know how mountain monsters is doing but Give it to Destination America. At least they're changing the game. <laughs> they're out there. Taking it to the next level. They're putting it out there. I was watching a little bit of it before I came up here. Of the mountain monsters? Of the of the brothers. Oh. oh. And there were just so many lines that, was, that were cracking me up. But <laughs> one of them was like, so the Myrtle Plantation, you know, as many slaves did, practice voodoo. Mm-hmm. And uh, recently there's like an archaeological dig or whatever in one of the cabins, like the slave quarters, and they found like all these voodoo artifacts and they removed them. Probably not a good idea, right? Yeah. The white guy's explaining to these brothers that uh, now the lady that lived here, her name was Aunt Mabel, and she was a, she was a conjurer. And this guy's like, so is her being a conjurer? Is that like a direct link to voodoo or <laughs> like, what did he think conjurer meant? <laughs> There's a lot more, a, a lot. I need to see the show. A lot in it. I hope it, I, we should have started out in there and seeing if these videos on destination yeah. America. It's a real shame because I've got, you know, I've got Hulu, but they don't put any of their stuff. I was looking today to see if they put any of their stuff up, but they don't. Hulu. I wanted to watch them. We off on Hulu, yo. Mountain Monsters on Hulu, but they don't. Yeah, just, get on it. I just pulled it up. Hang on. Jawan, Dalen, and Marcus. <laughs> As budding enthusiasts of paranormal investigation, the Ghost Brothers take a passionate hobby to the next level in some of the country's most haunted locations, yo. <laughs> 
by day. Daylin and Juwan are fashion designers with their own label called Lauren Spratt. Lauren Spratt? I have a really good girlfriend whose name is Lauren Pratt, so that really <laughs> tweaks me out. But you sound like the uh, announcer for those the gathering of the juggalos, the <laughs> infomercial. Oh yeah, you what up, <laughs> yo? <Did you> <laughs> But it's not Gathering of the Juggalos, though. What is that bit? It's just that. Well, well the that, SNL that, bit. That's it? real. Yeah. yeah the but Gathering of the Juggalos thing sounds just like that. Like, you could play them interchangeably and you wouldn't know. They're like, we got midgets playing karate, yo. And then like, with a homeboy. Rip ass dance. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that is a good bit, man. Because that little, and that little white girl that's like, ma'am, ma'am. <laughs> So listen to this. In their off time, they've been investigating haunted houses, hotels, and cemeteries together since 2011. Marcus, a comedian and barber to the stars, <laughs> met Dalen in 2009 and now is an experienced ghost hunter. He considers himself the Peter Venkman of the trio. Okay. It's high praise. Wow. So he's sort of the more the more charismatic of the bunch. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. He's the one wearing the never sold dope t-shirt yeah. that was being funny. He was like, there's a reason they put black people with ghost shows, man. <laughs> yeah, it's funny, but none of these videos are working either. No. I'll catch up on it. They're really anal about that kind of stuff. Yeah. Like they don't want their stuff to be pirated or something. Ass Dan. <laughs> what was that? Let me see. Nick Jonas is weird looking. He's the musical guest tonight on SNL. Oh, the underground rock festival. What up, yo? I'm DJ Super Soap. And I'm Lil Blaster. And in case you didn't notice, it's time for the most dope-tastic holiday of the year.
Nina Pinta and Scuzzy Beth. What's so brilliant about that skit is it's so accurate to oh. what the actual Gathering of the Juggalos infomercial is. That should be coming out soon. Isn't isn't it this time? It's it's like over the summer when they have it, right? Yeah, I think so. Should we go to the gathering? I bet we'll find a lot of like-minded individuals at the gathering. I would love to go to the gathering. <laughs> would you really? Yeah. I bet Bigfoot is at the gathering. It is dirty. I guarantee you Bigfoot's at the gathering and nobody would notice. Somebody died at the gathering last year or the year before. Died at the gathering. Really? Like ass Dan is, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> is drinking Fago in the heat. Yeah. Fago? Fago that's their thing. I know more about the Juggalos than I'm here to admit. We're going to start referring to you as Off Mic Megan. <laughs> Are you recording on this? Well, I'm always recording. We roll on everything. We we just like the Ghost Brothers. We roll it. Have you been paying any attention to this whole Johnny Manziel here and there. Did he get into a car crash or something? Most recently? Yes. He was involved in a hit and run out okay. in Los Angeles. Yeah. They also just, uh, the home that he was renting in Los Angeles, the people that own the house were suing him for like 34 grand because they found cigarette burns in the carpet, <laughs> wine stains, champagne glasses up in the tree. He's a bit of a mess. Cocaine on the table. Mm-hmm. Magic mushrooms. I love when these are reported in the in the news. It was magic in quotes. Magic <laughs> mushrooms. has always been home to a special brand of outlaw. In the 1960s, a homegrown crime cartel rose to power and ruled this swampy underworld for decades. The Dixie Mafia. This group of organized criminals were not just good old boys. They were cold-blooded murderers who would do anything that it took to further their economic kingdom. Anything that made a dime the Dixie Mafia was in it. This deadly mafia network dominated until the FBI was called in to hunt them down. But the crime here never left. Excuse me, out of the way. It just has a new face. Hey, yo. Huh? Let me ask you a question. Where do you guys get those hats with the bills over the ears like that? I go into all the city stores, and uh, the only ones I can find are the ones with the bills in the front. No, it's the same. Just turn it sideways on your head. Thanks. Thank you. People have told us that after the fact that it's not that hard to find these books that we say are hard to find. (laughs) But there's a book called Smith County Justice, and... Smith County Justice is about 
the crookedness of the the county's way of running things. Yeah. Just all of the organized crime in the county was organized by the county itself. Oh, and, I believe it. I believe it. And it's out of print, but it's a really famous Texas book that's out of print. So if anybody finds it online for not a lot of money, send me a link because <laughs> it's not easy to get a hold of. I think I had a friend that got it. Like his dad got him a copy of it for Christmas for like mm-hmm. 500 bucks or something. Grief. But <laughs> it gets me thinking that there's a place in Tyler. There's a company called Tyler Pipe and they make steel piping that is shipped all over the country. This is just so funny that little Tyler, it's, you know, it's like I always joke around. It's the economic hub of East Texas. It really is. And there's a ton of money there. And a lot of it, it has to do with oil, but a lot of uh, the income in that town was also nefarious in Mm -hmm. that Tyler Pipe was a place where drug dealers from all over the country would send people to get jobs at Tyler Pipe, and then they would ship cocaine and stuff all over the country. Like in the pipes? In the piping. And I went to school with a guy named Hendrix, who the only reason that his family was in Tyler is his dad was a Los Angeles Crip. And when Southwest Airlines started flying out of Tyler... His job was basically to make sure that the operations of the trafficking of narcotics all over the state and then the Southwest, but that he was sent here by, yeah, I mean, a famous gang. It sounds silly, you know, you're like, oh, yeah, you know, well, yeah, Crips and Bloods, baby. But like, <laughs> he really was. A cri- yeah. <laughs> Did you hear that? I mean, it reminds me of that story just recently about that. <clears throat> A lawyer that was shot. Did you hear about all that? It was like a Dallas attorney that was shot a couple of years ago, and people were. You're all talking like, about the dude in South Lake, who who was a who was a cartel boss. Yeah, that happened in South Lake, yeah. like really close to my house. Yeah, because I I remember when that happened, and, and and people were like, "This there's something like something's up with yeah, this." You don't just like an attorney. Well, a lot of attorneys live in South Lake. Yeah, I mean, this is fancy town, USA. But yeah, the guy was that was like. That's our main grocery store that we went to, that shopping center. That yeah, he shot in his car. Yeah, in the middle of the day, total Heisenberg hit. Yeah. And it turns out he is actual a, a cartel boss living here. That's spooky, man. Yeah, man. It makes you think about, really makes you think about just like the kind of stuff you don't want to get involved with and just road rage incidents. You oh, know? yeah. Or who might be your neighbor? People around here don't play. Well, maybe not. Maybe not my neighbor, but and somebody was talking about last week when we were in Fort Worth that we were by an area where they were saying that this place is one of the places where they would used to find cars and like just in the water uh-huh. and bodies with like cement on the shoe, the cement shoes bit. In the day. Yeah. And that was before whatever the prevalent Mexican gang is that's in Dallas or in Fort Worth 
proper that now, you know, they'll get rid of you. But in the day, that was the way that Tarrant County Justice was served. That was one of the places where they would pull pull people out like every couple of weeks. There's somebody. Yeah. Fishermen would get hung up on stuff. Again, it's in kind of a seedier part of town and it's one of these runoff creek lake areas and mm-hmm. every couple of weeks there was a report of someone that was down there fishing you know just some somebody rolling a line out and get to yanking thinking that they got a fish on there and they pull up a scalp or a nose or something yeah. off of a course well, i mean you you forget like how i mean we talk about it being relatively close to the border but I mean Dallas is a Dallas and Fort Worth is a major hub when it comes to those those kinds of things so like you kind of forget that it's it actually is here in your backyard I know it's just so weird <laughs> it seems like El Paso is so far away yeah and it really is but it is but I mean if you're wanting to to move stuff across the country like I-35 I-30 I-20 it's all right here the drug corridor. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, I thought I'd share my, it's my Johnny football story. Since there's a Johnny football story every week. My dad's bought, my dad's old boss had a hidden room in his, in his house. I remember seeing it one time. Did he? It was behind a bookcase. I mean, it was, it was that kind of hidden room. And I think it was just like maybe a study or something was back. There was it was just one room. It wasn't as that elaborate, but what was it an old like an older house? It was something that he didn't have built in, or it was something that no. Prior? I want to say he had, he lived over in um, not Preston Hollow, but just just south of that. Like why Preston Hollow? Of course, <laughs> I forget the name of the neighborhood, but uh, he lived in that area, and I think. I don't know if he built that house or not, but um, I, you know it was relatively modern house. That it wasn't like a you know from the 30s or something like that, but uh, just had a a room back there. Because I told you about our friend's house in Bullard that was the original, the main house that was in Bullard. This giant three story mansion, and they mm-hmm. moved into it, and it always creeped them out. Because there were tiles on the ceiling in the living room that made an H. Uh-huh. That was the name of the guy that built the place and basically started the town. And then one day they were fooling around and the bookcase swung open. And there was, but it was an underground railroad house. So uh, yeah. there wasn't really a hidden room. It was just secret passage. I always suspected that of my parents' old house in when we moved out of Springtown. They moved into a house kind of in Weatherford or on the outskirts of Weatherford. And it was custom built by this guy who I think later in life he started to become very paranoid. So his house was huge. It was the same kind of ranch style where it's like one, there's one, you know, it was two story, but the second story was like down below. It was basically just one big room. But from talking to my parents, talking to the, the he died and his wife is the one who sold the house. And talking to her, like, he became very paranoid later in life, and he would stash guns and money and stuff like that around the house. And there was a, there, I mean, there was a panic room, basically, like a big metal door, like, down at the bottom of the stairs where you could, had, like, locks on the top and the bottom, and you could, and they used it for storage. But, I mean, if I guess if anyone were to break in, you could just 
slam that door and it would close from you know one way and uh you couldn't open it up again unless you were on the inside with the keys and so things like that so i always suspected that there was stuff hidden around that house that that i could never find yeah fort worth is so weird with the the railroad system that comes through there that originally was the where they would drive all the cattle and so that's yeah. why now the rails run through there. Yeah, if you were trying to get out of town, that's a way to do it. Mm-hmm. Hop on a rail and roll. Now all this talk about crime in Texas. That by working together, we can win the first war of the 21st century. And that is the war cold-blooded killers against cold-blooded killers reminds me that i mentioned this to you before but the that my one of my roommates in college that his grandfather was billy soul estes and you did not had not you you have no knowledge of billy soul the name sounds maybe it's just because we talked about it prior let me show you this dude Here's the cover of Time Magazine that he was on. Okay. Um, There's key witness to the JFK murders. Okay. Maybe that's how, yeah. Well, Billy Saul was also one of the... I mean, dude, he, he just passed recently. And he's buried in Granbury. But notorious con man, he was selling land that didn't exist to uh-huh. people in the Northeast and went to prison for that. So <laughs> I need to be a little bit careful with some of this. I need to get Clay on the phone because the stories about living with Billy Saul, this this dude. Uh-huh. I mean, his grandson and I were thick as thieves. But Clay's retelling of the stories that Billy would share, because basically, like, my little Abilene crew that were actually from Abilene, this is what they would do. They'd go to Clay's house and, like, here's this notorious Texas swindler that's there, and he would just start rattling off these tales. Yeah. One of our favorites was that he's talking about LBJ and that... They were talking about John F. Kennedy was coming to Dallas, and he heard new LBJ's people talking about JFK coming to Dallas, and he was like, well, what, you know, what are you guys going to do? And the way that Billy talked, he's like, well, Clay would get into his voice and say, well, well we going to kill him, Billy. <laughs> and that's like one of the first things that pops up, claimed LBJ killed JFK. Maybe that I guess that's probably where I've heard heard the name, yeah. I'd love to hear some of those stories. Oh my lord. <laughs> oh my lord. There's a great photo though of him. Look at this picture right here. <laughs> he got a cat? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can you see that? Yeah. I mean he made it on the cover of Time magazine. For what? For for being a Swindler? Yeah, what's the... Basically, 
Billy, and this is what he would tell Clay, is that he was in the room when LBJ gave the order to kill JFK. <laughs> so he was supposedly tight with with LBJ's people or with LBJ himself? Yeah, that... Okay, this is what this says. Another interesting piece of this puzzle, which seems to add confirmation to his stories, is the fact that other witnesses state they were there when Billy went to dig up money he had hidden on ver- at various locations on his property <laughs> that he was paid to take a fall over various issues detailed below and his hush money. Yes, he knew the name of the shooter who took the kill shot in the assassination of our president, JFK. <laughs> and this is... Quote, in the 1980s, Billy Saul Estes, a close and corrupt partner of LBJ, began confessing to the murders that he, Linda B. Johnson, Cliff Carter, and LBJ's personal hitman, Malcolm Wallace, committed. Lyndon Johnson, a manic depressive and at times a barely functioning psychopath, murdered perhaps 10 to 20 people to avoid exposure before he got his knife wet with John F. Kennedy's blood. <sighs> I'm supposed to read more about this guy. Yeah. Like. Like I'm almost thinking we ought to do a show about this guy. I I know. I need to get Cliff. Yeah. I need to get Clay on. And the funny thing is. Again, how do I get involved with these people? (laughs) How? How is it me? It ends up. Just a pole with a magnet on the top. I guess, but I'm just like, <laughs> but if you go to Granbury, there's a couple of places there on the strip in the town that, that'll have like a little shrine to him where they're selling his books. And mm-hmm. I mean, songs were written about him. The protest singer, Bill Oaks, wrote the ballad of Billy Saul, whose refrain caught the mood of the day. Stand tall, Billy Saul. We don't know you at all. We've taken down your pictures from the wall. Well, we don't want to handle an agriculture scandal. <laughs> we have got to face elections in the fall. <laughs> well, we gonna kill him, Billy. <laughs> One of the first times that I was here at Salem late night, and I was listening to, it was maybe like the first or second weekend that I was working overnights, and I was listening to Coast to Coast uh-huh. on the on my phone in there and they were talking about JFK and then boom I mean I've never been like really into the JFK thing like I haven't read a whole lot on it like the conspiracy angles or whatever but I hear somebody on coast to coast talking about Billy Saul and I'm just like what (laughs) (laughs) are you kidding that's old Billy well (laughs) we gonna kill him Billy I guess that's him when he's asking Lyndon B. Johnson what they're going to do yeah. when JFK comes to town. <laughs> well, we're going to kill him, Billy. Isn't that nuts, though? I, do, I, I definitely want to talk more about him. I need to track Clay down. Yeah, you got to read. I mean, he yeah. was he was insane. He was running scam after all kind of scam. <laughs> I love the old just the selling of land that doesn't exist. Yeah. In fact... Uh, it may have been when we were talking about the fair and we were talking about the nightingale being swindled uh-huh. from the person that owned by a Texas swindler. Right. Who was like, oh, yeah, I'll, 
I'll gladly give you the money Tuesday for a two-headed Siamese twin today. And shortly after, he realized that maybe the man wasn't going to give him the money. That was kind of Billy. Absconded with... Oh, yeah, I got this ranch down here in South Texas. It's got oil on it. It's great. Send me a million dollars. Wire transfer. Good for him, though. (laughs) It's just bizarre. Get yours. So bizarre. Clay's mom was sweet as could be, but you can only imagine that dude is your dad. No, you gotta be crazy. Last time, last time I hung out with her, they have a condo in downtown Austin, right across from the Capitol. Amazing. Yeah. Clay worked for politicians down there, and he's got a lot. He's a Again, another fascinating person. Yeah, sounds like it. <laughs> well, we going to kill him, Billy. Let me let you pawn your possession. 
all on fire. Bitches say I high side, ho, it ain't no bang. Y'all just find it by the diamonds, the pimp to make it rain. Talking about Houston, I mean two baby pimpin' in the think about wrapping this thing up i gotta we got a breakfast in the morning horse shit we gotta go to you want to get our get our shit in yeah plugs <coughs> you gotta get that looked at man <coughs> slowly getting there all right tell people how they can find the show we are at oktalk.podbean.com. That's where the show resides. You can also search us on just about any podcast application that you like. We're on, I guess we're officially up on iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher. So we need to get in the Google Play bandwagon. Do you know how we do that? No, there are a few others that I that I want to look at as well. Um, shocking that there's a ton of different ones out there that we should probably be looking at. But those three, we are officially officially up. However, you know, if you just go to the website and pull our RSS feed, you can put us into any other app that you like. So that's at oktalk.podbean.com. We're also on Facebook. Facebook.com slash OK Talk Show. Give us a like there. Like our posts. Share our posts. Share the page with people. We are slowly generating more and more likes. And Well, Podbean's available in Google Play, so then we should be okay on that one. Yeah, yeah. There is a, yeah, there is a Podbean app itself, so you can find us on that as well. I don't understand your applications <laughs> or your Google 
Um, but yeah, we're very active on Facebook. We're also very active on Twitter, twitter.com slash OKTalkShow. So you can find us on all that stuff. Send us a message, um, any of those places, or leave a comment, whatever. We're always in the comment section of any of the posts that we have. Um, we've also got the email address, OKTalkPodcast at gmail.com. So if you'd like to send us a an email, an electronic mail, you can do that as well. And we check that and share it amongst ourselves. And if you are on iTunes or any of the other services that we're officially listed on, leave us a rating there and leave us a review because that really helps people find us and pushes us to the a little higher on the list of when people are just searching for different types of podcasts. We will organically come up to do all that.
Shall I shall Zaha, and shall